0: Let us pray. Father, we thank you for a fresh opportunity to come into the house of God to open our hearts to receive the word of God. I pray, Father, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight and encouraging To your people. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The video that you just saw represents a collaborative effort between the Harbor of Hope Church and the Fair Plain SDA Church in Benton Harbor, Michigan, coming together for the first time to do something like this, coming together to make a difference in our community. When I think about that, I think the people of God coming together right now is even more necessary than ever before. I say that because as we watch the news, there are some things that are trending now. There are some things that are trending that make it so necessary for hope to start trending. Because at the current rate, what is trending right now, what is trending right now is fear. Some of you still not understanding what I'm saying. What's trembling right now, is all rooted in fear. I don't know if you watch TV, I don't know if you listen to the radio, or if you have an app on your phone where you can check the news, but as I turn on the news, as I see what's happening in the news, there, there, there's a fear of Muslims now. There's a fear of, of, of some LGBT takeover now. There's a fear of an economic collapse. There's a fear of of, of failure uh, amongst the people of God. There there are all kinds of fears taking place. Some of us fear our marriages failing. We fear our children uh, being led astray and not coming back into the fold. There is fear right now. I just stopped by to tell you this morning that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, which is why I think it's so absolutely critical that hope trending is coming at such a time as this. See, it it has to be more than just a live global event with messages that are spirit-filled and hope-filled that will travel around the world. There has to be some hope trending in your heart. As a matter of fact, it is because of hope trending in the hearts of students from Andrews University and members of this congregation that Harbor of Hope was born out of hope trending. And as I think about this idea of, of trending, go to the next slide. As I think about this idea of trending and, and, and hope trending, I think about uh, this movie that was trending some time ago. There's a movie that came out uh, last year, and the movie is called Straight of Compton. Now, I'm not encouraging you. I'm not endorsing the movie, by the way. I'm just telling you that this movie came out called Straight Out of Compton, and this movie became popular. It started trending for a specific reason. Uh, there are a number of reasons, but that was one that I would credit as to why this movie became well-watched and why it was flooding social media. And it is because they took the graphic of the movie and they made this uh, 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 this meme generator for you to be able to create your very own meme. And it was called Straight Out of Somewhere. So you go to the website straight out of somewhere and straight out and as you're on this website, you can type in whatever city you're from, whatever city you represent, and so it was this movement of feeling good about where you're from, straight out of Chicago, or straight out of, of, of Philadelphia, or straight out of New York City, or straight out of Miami. It became very, very popular, so if I was you, and, and, and I lived in this place, and I would have created a meme that said, straight out of Berrien Springs. And so because this thing became popular and everybody started looking at it, everybody started posting these on their social media accounts, you had people kind of, you know, they started getting silly with it, right? So you had, for example, you had, for example, uh, let's go here, straight out of the hood, it's Mr. Rogers. And then if you, if you know anything about Kermit the Frog and how he's always talking about it's none of my business, uh, Kermit the Frog became straight out of T, and then it became uh, it became political, and so you had you see you, you saw things like uh, with Hillary Clinton straight out of excuses. Here's another one. Here's another one from the other presidential nominee. Straight out of hose spray. And those of us who who who, who cherish the Bible, uh, there's another one. When you use the Bible out of when you use the, when you misuse the Bible, uh, it is. Straight out of context, and here's one that I really love: When Jesus returns, He's coming straight out of heaven to claim His people. But I need to take you, I need to take you uh, back to this, back to this movie, Straight Out of Compton. Because here you have five guys who are who are rappers and and, and, and they, they they come up uh, with with uh, with, uh, with, uh, with with it, with their with their name. It's called N.W.A. Don't ask me what that stands for. Uh, don't go look it up either. You might get offended. But 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 it's it's, it's N.W.A. And, and and they call themselves and they, they create the movie Straight Outta Compton, which was based off of the first album that they had. And and, and the reason why Straight Outta Compton is, is, is so is is so important is. Because because I want you to pay attention to where they're coming from. They're coming from a place, they became rich, they became famous, they became successful in the world sense. but they're coming from a place where you're not supposed to make it out of. You're not supposed to survive in Compton. There are things that are happening in Compton that if you live there long enough, the likelihood of you making it and being successful and making something of yourself is very, very slim because of the activities in the environment. It sounds a lot like to me the place where Jesus was born and raised, and which is why I love so much and want to give a subtitle to our message today to this right here, straight out of Nazareth. Jesus and his posse, Jesus and his boys, Jesus and his team. Jesus was born and raised in a place called Nazareth. And when we see Nazareth in the text, we see something that is not positive. I want you to pay your attention, turn your attention to John chapter 1 and verse number 45. The Bible says Philip found Nathaniel and told him, listen, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Check this. It is Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And as Philip is sharing this, as he's explaining this, as he is telling this to Nathaniel, Nathaniel responds this way Nazareth? Can anything good come from that place? You got it. Come on, come on. Are you serious? Nazareth. See, 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 Nazareth had to be one of those places, based on what Nathaniel's perception is. Nazareth has to be, has to be one of those places, hear me now, where, where the school system was bad. It was underfunded because the property taxes uh, were so low in, 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 in Nazareth that, that you can't have quality schools and quality education. There's a turnaround with the school superintendent about every two years in Nazareth. Nazareth was a place where the high school dropout rate was very high. Nazareth was a place where where, where teenage pregnancy was a common thing. It was a place where there was a lot of broken homes. In fact, in the Nazareth where I pastor, 89% of the households does not have a father figure. Straight out of Nazareth. Nazareth, hear me now, Nazareth was a place where there was some gang banging, There was violence and crime. There were a lot of abandoned and boarded up homes in Nazareth. Nazareth was always making the local news for the wrong reasons. We're talking about Nazareth. We're talking about we're talking about Nazareth. And and, and as I think about Nazareth, as I study Nazareth, not only does it remind me of the place where I was born, the neighborhood that I grew up in, but it also makes me think about the place where I pastor, Benton Harbor. And there's a lot of people who have the same idea, the same mentality about, about Benton Harbor that Nathaniel had about Nazareth. Even people who live in Benton Harbor. But as I begin to look at Nathaniel. So beginning to look at Nathaniel, I began to ask myself, who is this Nathaniel guy? Who is Nathaniel? And so what I learned just from the little bit that we do have of brother Nathaniel, the disciple Nathaniel, what we have is that Nathaniel, Nathaniel, he is a true man of God. Jesus says when he sees him, "Hey, a true Israelite indeed." I mean, he's a good Adventist. Not just a normal, act, but this is a true. In fact, Jesus says, in him, there is no deceit. There is no guile. He's not trying to trick people. He's not trying to get over people. He is an honest man. Not only that, he is a praying man. Because when Jesus found Nathanael, he was under a fig tree, and the Desire of Ages lets us know that he was sitting under that fig tree because he was in prayer and meditation and looking forward to the Messiah because he had heard the message of John the Baptist that the Messiah would come on the scene really soon. So he's in deep thought and prayer and meditation. He was an honest man. He was a prayerful man. He was a true Israelite indeed. He was a very good Adventist. So the question becomes… The question becomes, "What is it that made Nathaniel speak such a way about Nazareth?" What his statement does—stay with me. What his statement does—it tells us two things about Nathaniel. Number one, it tells us about Nathaniel's perception of Nazareth, and it tells us—it tells us about Nathaniel's prejudice who Nazareth. He's a good man. He goes to church every Sabbath. He returns his tithe. He prays. He's not trying to get over on anybody. Nevertheless, he has some prejudice in his heart. Maybe, maybe, it has something to do with the fact that he did not grow up in Nazareth. So he doesn't have a context to fully understand the things that come on the news about Nazareth. Maybe it's because, maybe it's because, maybe it just might be because Nathaniel grew up in a place called make-believe. He came straight out of make-believe. I'm still in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Can I help you out for a minute? See, go to the next slide, please. See, inside of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, first of all, I, I didn't grow up on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. The only person that I knew named Mr. Rogers was my assistant principal. He walked around with a big stick called a paddle. And he gave it to me a whole lot like it was mine, like I owned it or something. So I have no fond memories of the name Mr. Rogers. Don't have that, I was watching something else, okay? Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. As I did my research on uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, Pastor Dwight, I found out that, 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 that Mr. Rogers had this place called the Neighborhood of Make-Believe. Anybody familiar with the Neighborhood of Make-Believe? It's not real. And he was very, hear me, he was very intentional in making sure that the kids who are watching knew that there was a difference between Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, the reality, and the land of make-believe. Okay, let me help somebody, because you're not getting it right now. See, see, see Nathaniel Nathaniel grew up, he probably grew up in in the land of make-believe, and and, and the land of make-believe is like Berrien Springs. Can I tell you what? see, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, before I get to Barrett Springs, let me take you to Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, I spent, I spent about six years in Huntsville, Alabama. When I was in Huntsville, Alabama, for, I, when I was in Huntsville, Alabama, you know, you, you could, you could be born in Huntsville, you can go to Oakwood, you can go to elementary school, you can go to middle school, you can go to high school, you can go to college, get a, get a bachelor's degree, you can get a master's degree, you can even die, that, we, Oakwood got a grade, you can die at Oakwood, <laughs> be buried at Oakwood. And so we used to say all the time, we used to say all the time, like, this is not real. And then when I moved to Berrien Springs, I thought, I thought, I thought Huntsville was a mecca <laughs> for Adventism. I mean, this is like, this is the queen right here. I'm talking about, you got the crater, you got, what you call it? The crayon box. You go to Crayon Box. You go to Ruth Murdoch. You go to, Andrews Academy. You get a bachelor's degree. You can get a master's degree. You can get a PhD. You, listen. You don't even have to look. You can. You can live your entire life on this campus <laughs> and never go anywhere. Like you don't. Even, you don't, you don't, I'm, I'm serious. You don't. You got a cafeteria. And if you just decide that you want to, you don't even have to have a car. I need to go grocery shopping. You can walk to Apple Valley. You got, you got, you got fresh produce. You got an organic garden. You got cows. You got, I'm talking about a man. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? This is not real. So no, you need to get that. I'm saying to myself, maybe Nathaniel grew up in the neighborhood of make-believe. To the point now where where he has has no understanding of why Nazareth is the way it is. See, the only time he go to Nazareth is when he got to get to Walmart because it's closer than ours. (laughs) He getting out of there real soon. Like, I can't go at nighttime. Going in the morning time. He's trying to get out of there. So, so watch this. We have to be careful. We have to be kept. See, I, I, I know what it's like to live in Nazareth, and I know what it's like to live in the land of make-believe, because I've been at two make-believe so far. And if you're not careful, hear me, if you're not careful, you will grow callous and cold-hearted towards the people of Nazareth. Which is why, listen, which is why I have so much respect and so much appreciation for those students who initiated this, this, this voyage, this journey out to Nazareth, Ben Harbor, to, to, to start what we now know as Harbor of Hope. That took, listen to me, that took, that took some getting out of what I'm comfortable with, what I'm used to, what my norm is, coming out of make-believe and going into the real world. Mr. Rogers was very clear and very intentional about making sure the kids who was watching his show, they understood the difference between something that is fantasy and something that is reality. And I'm here to encourage you today and to remind you today that there is a reality that is out there that is far different than this Adventist fantasy. And that God wants you to be intentional about breaking into the real world. Now, I'm not saying this is bad. I'm not saying that. uh, uh, Here's the reality. Here's the reality. There's some dangerous stuff that happens in Nazareth. Okay, amen, light bulbs, because they didn't get what I just said. No, seriously. I'm not saying that Nazareth is the best place to raise your kids. I ain't saying that at all. But God loves Nazareth just as much as he loves any place else. Now I'm gonna show you some things in Scripture as we continue going. So watch this. Here, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to share with you. Now. I want to show you three things. Three things, and then I'm gonna be out of your way. Three things. Three things that I believe will, will how, you know, uh, how to let hope now trend in your heart when it comes to the Nazareth of the world. Okay. Number one. Number one. Number one. Here we go. While our perception, talk about that thing is perception. While our perception is often influenced by reality it should always be rooted in divine reality. Yeah, because because again, the reality is that what, what Nathaniel was saying about Nazareth, there was some truth to it. There was some reality to it. However, 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 what I want us to be aware of today is that, is that our perception might be influenced by reality, but we must always have our, our, our perception uh, rooted in divine reality. And divine reality, what I mean by that, is the Word of God. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? Well, let me ask you this. Can, 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 can these dry bones live? Can, can, can 5,000 people be fed with just a few loaves and fish? Yes, sir. Can a blind man who was born blind end up seeing without any surgical procedures by some doctor? Is it possible for a prostitute to become a Bible worker? Is it possible for this young man who was strung out on marijuana and doing all kind of crazy stuff for seven years of his life, is it possible for him to turn into a gospel preacher? Can any good thing come from Nazareth? I'm telling you right now, yes, it can. How is that possible? Because my, my perception is not rooted in my reality. It is rooted in the divine reality, which is based on the Word of God. So when, 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 hear me, when, when, when Nathaniel said, man, can any good thing, can any good thing come, really, I mean like really come out, for real you mean, can any good thing really come out of Nazareth? The answer is an unequivocal, yes, it can. And that word is for somebody here right now, you may be here, and, you're, and, and this is your first Sabbath, this is your first Sabbath in, 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 in the land of make-believe and you feel as if it's impossible for you to succeed and fulfill what it is that God has called you here to do, I'm standing up before you right now telling you, listen, I'm telling you, it it, it is indeed possible. I don't know what your Nazareth is or where you're at, Nazareth, what Nazareth you're coming from. I want to let you know that it's possible that some good things, some great things can come out of Nazareth. If you believe that, would you say amen? amen? Number two, number two, number two, here, here, number two, number two, the second thing our prejudices can prevent us from a deeper connection with Christ and one another. That's what I get from the text. Our connection, hear me, hear me, hear me. Our prejudices can prevent us from a deeper connection with Christ and one another. I need you to get this. I'm going to say it one more time. Our, our prejudices can prevent us from having a deeper connection with Christ and one another. Now hear me, watch this. Nathaniel, he was a good man. No deceit, no guile is found in him. But he still had prejudices. And can I just be honest with you guys? You know, the Lord put a word on my heart a couple of weeks ago uh, to preach uh, at, at my church and uh, you know this is in the midst of all the, the cop killing and the cops killing and so on and so forth. And 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 the word was, am I prejudice? Like me, am I prejudice? And here's the reality: you might not like me for this, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Everybody in here is prejudice. I didn't say racist. I said prejudice. And as I examine my own heart, as I examine my own life, as I examine myself, I begin to wonder, I begin to you know, really question myself and push myself, am I prejudiced? So for example, I'm just being honest and transparent, it's the only way I know how to be. When the cops got killed in Dallas, and then again in Louisiana, I was struggling because I was, 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 I was disappointed that I wasn't as, I wasn't feeling the pain as much as I was. I wasn't feeling as sorry as when the black guys got killed. If you find yourself taking sides between the black people and the cops, you on dangerous ground. I start asking myself questions like, man, what would I do? How would I feel if my daughter or my son came home with someone who's not African-American? Mom, dad, this is who I want to marry. How would that make me feel? You have to ask yourself the question, am I prejudiced or where am I prejudiced? Because that prejudiceness can can prevent you from having a deeper relationship with Christ. It was, it, was, it was Nathaniel's prejudice that almost kept him from having an experience and being a disciple of the Messiah. Nathaniel said, I mean, uh, Philip said, man, look, you just, you just come and see. You tripping right now. Come and see. Can not tell you something else? Can't I'm just being, when I, when, I first, when I moved to Michigan, when I moved to Michigan, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I'm on the Michigan conference, I went from a, a regional conference, uh, South Central Conference, I love that conference, had a great time there, uh, really great people there, and I moved here to Michigan to become a part of the Michigan conference, and I went to the first camp meeting. I said, man, <laughs> look at all these white people. I never been around so many white people. And on top of that, we got to have a camper. Like, this like you a know, white people thing. White people do camping life. <laughs> Can I tell you something else? Can I tell you something else? Can I tell you something else? They're not going to get mad at me because they're good people. So, this past Sunday, right, we had an uh, ice cream social. See, you still trying to figure out what's, what's so big about that. It was an ice cream social. <laughs> we don't have ice cream socials in Nazareth. They still they still struggle, like, what is he, what is he? <laughs> so we had an ice cream social at Pastor Dwight's house and and, and it was it was now, now here, here's the point I'm trying to make. Here's the point I'm trying to make. When I came to Michigan, God began to show me that there are ways that you have been raised up. There are influences that you've had in your life that if you hold on to them, you will miss the opportunity to not only go deeper in your relationship with me, but also go deeper in your relationship with people who don't look like you. So I went to the ice cream social. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of homemade, good ice cream, some of the best ice cream I ever had. But when I told my wife about it, hey, babe, we're going to the ice cream social, we like, ice cream social, white people. <laughs> I'm just being, you know, we just go to the, we just go to the corner store where I grew up, we just go to the corner store, you get a little ice cream sandwich, you eat it, you walking home, and that's it. <laughs> we're not going to build a social around it, right? But hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me and hear me well, hear me and hear me well. See, some of us right now, some of us sitting here right now, some of us sitting here right now, you are missing out on opportunities to go deeper in your walk with Christ and deeper in your relationship with other people who don't look like you because you caught up on your prejudices. So what your background is different than this other person? Let me tell you something. When we get to heaven, there will be no white section, no black section, no Hispanic section, no Mexicans. There will, listen, there will be no different section. We will all be one people. <clears throat> now, watch this. And the moment, the moment you start talking about that, people saying, oh, he's talking about getting rid of regional conferences or getting rid of stuff. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about loving people. I'm talking about forget, for, 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 forget all the stuff. If, 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 I follow, if I followed everything that, 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 that some of my, some of my, uh, uh, my father, the things that my father instilled in me about white people, about white men, if I live that stuff, i would be crazy. And guess what? Some of you are living that stuff right now, and that's why you are crazy. Listen, listen, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I, I ain't got the moving and stuff. I'm like super-duper comfortable right now. Look. <laughs> look, look, look. With, with, with what's happening in our society, you know, racial tension is like a whole new level. I almost feel like we're in the 60s now. What, 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 can, can, can the people of God present a unified example to the world? Can we show them this is what love looks like? Can we do that? Come on, come on, we can do that. Say amen. amen. That's what God wants to see. That's what God wants to do. He wants, he wants, he wants, he wants the people in the land of make-believe to show the people in the Nazareth of the world this is what unity looks like. This is what love looks like. And what a better time than do it than now. If you're with me, say yes. You're not with me. If you're still with me, say yes. yes. This, is last one. this is the 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 last one. Final one. Final one. Number three. Number three. Number three. We must embrace God's perception. We must embrace God's perception of Nazareth in places like it. Now, here's what I mean by that. When I think about Scripture, when I think about the Bible, and when I think about the fact <laughs> that, that, that God knew before the foundation of the world, that man was sin and we would need a savior. He knew that. And so that means that, that, that okay, we're gonna send Jesus down And and, and Jesus is going to become a human being. And that human being, as a human being, he's going to have to grow up somewhere. And so it boggles my mind that of all the places that God would have his son to grow up, he chose the hood. I, ooh, that's that my Jesus right there. He's from where I'm from. Notice this, notice this here in Desire of Ages. I found this pretty fascinating. Page 68. He passed by the homes of the wealth, the courts of royalty, and the renowned seats of learning to make his home in obscure and despised Nazareth. I didn't, I, I, I didn't make that up. He's not saying, he's not saying that, 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 that other people, wealthy people, that rich people, don't matter. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you know, there, there, there's, a, uh, there's some movements happening right now, and I'm for these movements. You have Black Lives Matter, I'm for it 100%. I'm for it. You have, you have, you have All Lives Matter. You've got Blue Lives Matter. You've got all, all these different movements that are happening. Listen, I love people. I love human beings. I understand the issues. But can I tell you something? If God has a hashtag that He's doing, if there's something that is trending on the heart of God, if there's a poster that God has in heaven that's hanging up in His divine office, I believe that that poster would read like this right here Poor Lives Matter. Listen, when I read Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, even in the life of Jesus, I see trending over and over again, poor lives matter. Poor lives matter. Poor lives matter. And God got hit. God, God wants us to embrace it so much so. He wants us to embrace it so much so because a lot of times the Nazareths of the world, such as the one where I pastor in, more than 60% of the people are, are receiving government assistance. That's more than half. And so God, what God has done, he, he wants his people to have that same heart. He wants his people to have that same compassion that he has. He's not saying, he's not saying that, again, rich lives don't matter or other lives don't matter. He's simply saying, folks, that, that, that poor lives matter because there are systems that other people have created who are not poor to keep them poor. That matters to God. And so, what God has done is God has attached special blessings. He like, man, I, I need to do something to help motivate people to understand that poor lives matter. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put some laws and some promises in my word so that they can understand how much poor lives matter to me. Watch this. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 27. Those who give to the poor will lack how much, everybody? Will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. I didn't make it up, it's right there in the word. So, watch this if you feel like you are lacking something, start giving to the poor. It's simple logic to me. He promises. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing. Here's another one. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17. It says, "Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done." I'm trying to figure out why did he use the language "lends to the Lord"? Like God needs somebody to borrow something from? It's for our sake. It's for your sake. He has has promises attached to these things. Here's the final. Here's the final. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. For you know, this is the one I love, for you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that through his poverty, you might become rich. Poor lives matter to God. The people in Nazareth matter to God. So, final slide. It is God's desire to have hope trending in the Nazareth of today. It is God's desire to have hope trending in the Nazareth of today. It is my prayer that the Spirit of God and belief that the Spirit of God has been ministering to you. I encourage you to take out your connect card because we need to make some decisions as to what we're going to do with what God has said to us. What we're going to do with what God has said to us. Somebody here today, you recognize that I need to acknowledge my unhealthy perceptions and prejudices and ask God to remove them from my heart. If the Spirit of God has been speaking to you and ministering to you on this point, you should put a check there. Number two, I want to support PMC's mission in Nazareth, Harbor of Hope, through prayer, participation, and or donations. Can I tell you something? There were times when I was, you know, when I first got to Harbor of Hope, uh, where we would take up an offering uh, during, you know, the, the, the normal offering would be like $75, $38. Because that's the socioeconomic situation of our Nazareth. I'm sharing that with you because we need your financial support. And if you're willing to make an offering, give an offering today, or on a monthly basis, you can write Harbor of Hope on your tithe envelope, and we will, it, will be go, it will go to the place where you indicate Number three, number three, if you want to say, you know what, I feel like God wants to use me in a special way, in a unique way with Hope Trending, and so I'm willing and interested to host or lead a watch party for Hope Trending. If that is your desire, that is your prayer, I invite you to put a check, put a check right there. Lastly, lastly, you want to say, I, I, I want to participate in the freshman potluck on August the 20th. I want to serve. I want to bring a meal or however you desire, put a check there and you will be notified as such. And of course, if you're interested in beginning a relationship with Jesus or you want information about the church getting baptized, please feel free to indicate those things as you see there to your right in the box on the right. Last but not least... I invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray and ask God's blessings upon us. Father, we thank you so much for places like Nazareth. Lord, we thank you that you have a burden. And Lord, you want that same burden to penetrate our hearts. Some of us are here, oh God, and, and, you, and you've been pricking us and you've been moving us, oh God, to, to do more for the Nazareth of our community, to do more for the city of Benton Harbor, for the ministry of Harbor of Hope. Father, I pray that whatever we do, we would do it for your glory. Lord, I pray that as we are 10 weeks away from hope trending, oh God, that you would move on the hearts of your people, that we whether it's hosting a watch party or inviting somebody or leading a watch party, Lord, whatever it is, God, we pray that we will get involved and not miss this opportunity to lead someone to Jesus. And Father, when it's all said and done, we pray that you will save us when you come straight out of heaven. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.